right, praise him, praise him, praise him. Welcome to another Sunday, the last Sunday um, in August. And funny enough, the last um, chapter in Romans, Romans, where we're going to finish off our series in Romans, chapter 16. So it's been 16 weeks, guys, of going through um, Romans, chapter by chapter. Do you know what I mean? So we've um no, we've done it, guys. We're, we're like we're coming to like we're landing, we're landing. So we give him praise. Do you know what I mean? So don't forget, guys, we've we haven't like we could have spent a whole year going through Romans, yeah? Do you know what I mean? Easily, easily. I mean, even Romans 8, you can easily just spend a whole heap of time like just marinating on that. So yeah, we just um we give him praise. So let me just pray and then we're gonna get straight into it. Yeah, so Lord, I just magnify and just pray and just glorify and adore your holy name. I just pray right now, Lord, you prepare our hearts to be receptive to your words. Our hearts will be made soft so that we can receive it and it can be made soft so that when the word comes, it will be penetrated. And that we that the, the concerns of the world will not come and distract us. And also the birds of the air will not be able to come and pick um, come and pick those seeds. Right now, Lord, I just, I just pray that you will touch my mouth as I speak. It will be you that will speak. Even though, Lord, I am prepared, Lord, I pray right now, Lord, that you, Lord, will be the one that will run ahead and that you, Lord, will go and speak unto your people. On name I pray. Amen. Amen. Cool. So Romans chapter 16. Um, it's been quite a lot, guys. So what I did before I even get into it, I did a quick recap of um, some of the things that we spoke about from Romans 1 to um, Romans chapter 15. So... Let me try and blitz through this fairly quickly. Um, let me get to Romans chapter one. And also I'll say, I told you the title of the message as well that we spoke about. So in Romans chapter one, we said humanity needs the gospel. So this is where we heard that the gospel has power. So we go to Romans chapter one, verse 16. Paul says, for I am not ashamed of the gospel for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone, not to some people, but to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. We give him praise. And then in Romans 2, we heard the message, circumcision of the heart. And this is where we heard, this is where we learned that it's not about just your outward appearance in terms of how the Jews were circumcised and they thought that was enough. We learned that it's not that if you're going to try and um, um, follow the law, you've got to do all the law in order to be righteous, but it's about being righteous from the heart. So Romans chapter 2, verse 29, I've got it highlighted in my Bible. But a Jew is one inwardly, and circumcision is a matter of the what? The heart. By the spirit, not by the letter. His praise is not from man, but from God. So it's about being circumcised in the heart. It's an inward thing, no longer an outward thing. And in Romans um, chapter 3, we heard that Christ provides what God requires. So we um, go to Romans 3, verse 23 to 25. Um, what does it say? For all have sinned, so not some of us, all have sinned, including us, have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption 
that is in Christ Jesus. Verse 25, whom God put forward as a propitiation by his blood to be received by faith. This was to show God's righteousness because in his divine forbearance, he has passed over former sins. God has to deal, deal with unrighteousness and he dealt with unrighteousness through his son. And we and we and we're able to receive that through faith in him. In Romans 4, we, we, we titled the message Continue in the Faith. This is where Abraham was justified by faith and not by works. In Romans chapter 4, um, verse 21 to 24, it reads 21 to 24, fully convinced, this is Abraham, that God was able to do what he had promised. That is why his faith was counted to him as righteousness. But the words it was counted to him were not written for his sake alone, but for ours also. It will be counted to us who believe in him who was raised from the dead, Jesus our Lord. We continue in the faith and we have to believe that Jesus Christ raised him from the dead. In Romans chapter 5, um, we, we heard that Jesus is enough. In, in Romans chapter 5, verse 1, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. In verse 17 of the same chapter, it says, For if, because of one man's trespass, Death reigns through that one man. Much more would those who receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ. Jesus is enough. I don't care how good looking you are. I don't care. I don't care how hard you've worked. I don't care how long you. I don't care how long your hair is. I don't care how long you've been praying for. I don't care how much you fast. Jesus is enough. In Romans 6, um, we title the message, Dead to Sin. Someone say hallelujah, we're dead to sin. So in um, Romans 6, verse 11 to 12, it reads, So you also must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in who? Christ Jesus. Verse 23. Of that same chapter for the wages of sin is death but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord in Romans 7 we title the message the I problem mm. the I problem the thing that I don't want to do I end up doing the I problem in Romans chapter 7, verse 24, it reads, Wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? And the verse, the first part of verse 25 answers that. Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. 
So then I myself serve the law of God with my mind, but with my flesh, I serve the law of sin. Who can deliver me from this body of death? Thanks be to God. Romans 8. Very simple. Romans 8, verse 1. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in who? Christ Jesus. We give him praise. Romans 9, God's choice. God chooses who we will have mercy on. This is where we learn about Jacob and Esau in terms of why did what did Esau do that he wasn't chosen over that he wasn't chosen that Jacob was chosen over him? What did he do? This is before he was born. The Lord chooses who he has mercy on. Chapter 9, verse 18. So then he has mercy on whomever he wills, and he hardens whomever he wills. Romans chapter 10, faith and confession. It's all about faith. That's how that that, that is it's all about faith. Once again, it's not through your works. It's not through who your parents are. It's not about your connections. It's not about how much money you got in your bank account. It's through faith. Um, chapter 10, verse 13. For everyone, not some people, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Full stop. We give him praise. In Romans 11, this is now where we learn that God still has a plan for Israel. Mm. He still has a plan for them. Even though it looks like um, it's, it's all about the Gentiles, the Lord still has a plan for Israel. And the means are, he's going to use the Gentiles to help to save Israel. Let's read um, is chapter 11, verse 25 to 27. Lest you be wise in your own sight, I do not want you to be unaware of this mystery, brothers. A partial harding has come upon Israel until, someone say until, until. the fullness of the Gentiles has come. And in this way, all Israel will be saved. As it is written, the deliverer will come from Zion. He will banish ungodliness from Jacob. And this will be my covenant with them when I take away their sins. Israel, God has a plan for Israel. He's looking to save them. He has a plan. In chapter 12, we learn it's all about his spiritual service. Verse 1, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. That was a powerful word that I believe was preached by our brother, Freddie. In verse chapter 13, we learn, put on Christ, submit to authority. There's be, these offices have been put in place by God. And we are the ones who, have, who choose the leaders that serve us. But that's obviously been put in place by God. Put on Christ. Romans um, chapter 13, verse 14. But put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to gratify 
its desires. In Romans 14, this is where um, I think I preached about agree to disagree, mm-hmm. where it was about we don't need to fight and be divided about the non-essentials, but we should focus on building each other up. 14, verse 19 to 20, it reads, So then let us pursue what makes for peace and for mutual upbuilding. Do not, for the sake of food, destroy the work of God. Everything is indeed clean, but it's wrong for anyone to make another stumble by what he eats. The kingdom of God is not about eating and drinking. It's not about being divided by those non-essential things. And finally, Romans 15, be like Jesus. Verse 2 to 3, let each of us please his neighbour for his good, to build him up. For Christ did not please himself, but as it is written, the reproaches of those who reproached you fell on me. Let's be like Jesus. And now, the final, the final straight, we're in Romans 16. We're almost there, guys. That was just a quick tour of what we did in the last couple of weeks, just calling out a couple of verses. As mentioned, we could spend a whole year on Romans easily. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to read um, Romans 16. So let me start off in verse 1 to 2. I commend to you, so, so I commend to you our sister Phoebe, a servant of the church of Centria. Verse 2, that you may welcome her in the Lord in a way worthy of the saints and help her in whatever she needs from you, for she has been a patron of many and of myself as well. So here we see in Romans chapter 16 that Paul is commending um, Phoebe. It's very likely that Phoebe was probably the one that actually took the letter to the church in Rome. And when we say commend, he's saying literally that I stand with her and she's worthy of um, to be noticed and she's worthy of regard. So he's commending, he's commending her to um, the church. And there's a couple of things he, he, like, he, he calls her. One, a servant, that she's a servant. This word servant, um, if you look in the Hebrew, diakonos is also used for deacons as well so when you go and look in um go and look in the scripture so here we got she's a servant um a minister also you can some translations and that word diakonos is also used for minister mm-hmm. and so one of the first questions people will ask is does this mean that phoebe is a deacon and i think this is about you know putting things in the context because if you read in first timothy 3 16 it says let the deacons be the husbands of one wife ruling their children and um, and owning their house well. I believe this is looking at this, this is calling Phoebe a servant, full stop, a minister, full stop. And I think this is not about us answering the question yet. We'll probably do that in another, on another Sunday about um, female elders, female deacons. But in this context, it's just saying that Phoebe was of some regard because it's her name that's mentioned first. Let's call it out. Um, but don't, I don't believe this is talking about, I don't believe you can start using this to talk about the office of a deacon. And the word, that word deaconess was just you just to serve and be a minister in general. You've got Jesus who talks about in Matthew um, 23, verse 11. He says, but he that is the greatest among you shall be your servant. Mm-hmm. This is where the disciples are talking about who's going to be the greatest. And he says, the greatest is the one who serves. 
So here we know that she's a servant, she's a minister, that she's that that and that Phoebe has entrusted her most likely to send this letter to the church in Rome. But he also calls her <clears throat> a saint. Mm-hmm. So you see that in verse two, a saint. Um, and I think it's important for us to know that a saint means that we're holy. All of us here are saints. And I think it's important to know that and they're density in God sees us as holy, yeah. as pure, not based on um, our own actions, our own activity, but based on what he has done for us. Jesus, Jesus resides inside of us. And I think it's about us accepting that we are holy, yeah. that we are saints. And, and I think it's very important to know that from how God calls us, and that is how we should be operating in. I mean, so it's like, if we don't say my actions are not me, it's how God sees me. That's what, that, that's what is important. God sees us all as holy, hagios, as saints. But Paul also says, our sister. And I want to just um, let us know that, guys, we're all brothers and sisters. Yeah, yeah. yeah, we're not just like, you know, we're not just mates. We're not just like, you know, a, a motley crew. But if you're part of the body, you're brothers and sisters. You're part of a um, kinship. And even um, when you start looking at the word kind, um, the word kind is connected to the word kin. And so to be kind to someone means you're treating them like family. Yeah? So if you're going to be kind to someone, you're treating them like they're kin, like they're part of your family. And for a lot of us, we can get that confused because of maybe the dynamics of our families, etc. But a good family is where everyone's looking out for each other. When you grow, I grow. When you're successful, I'm successful. If you need, to, you need some help, I will come and help you. And it's important to know that we're all brothers and sisters. Why? Because we've got the same father and we're part of the same family. So I should be seen as a sister, seen as a servant, and seen as a saint. But also, Paul calls her, help her as she has helped me. Um, she's called a patron. Patron means that basically you're helping others with, with your resources. So it's very likely that she had money, basically, or that she had the ability to help um, Paul with her resources. So she's probably wealthy in some way. So that is Phoebe. And, you know, I want to call out that me and Josh believe women can minister. I don't want anyone to get that twisted. I think you can see that in terms of how people can um, share the word, etc. In terms of the question mark, in terms of like eldership, etc., that is a whole nother discussion, but it's very clear that Phoebe is here ministering, being a servant, being used by God. Yeah. Um, and the next on the list, if we go into verse three to four, we have Priscilla and Aquila. I um, mean, in ESV, you're saying Prisca. That's interesting. So in verse three, it says, um, Greet Prisca and Aquila, my fellow workers in Christ Jesus, who risked their necks for my life, to whom not only I give thanks, but all the churches of the Gentiles give thanks as well. So this Priscilla and Aquila, should, the name should be, for those who read their Bible, especially Acts, that should be thinking, hmm, I've dropped heard this, heard this name before. Can I get someone to read Acts chapter 18, verse 1 to 3, please? After Paul left Athens, he went to Corinth, and he found a Jew named Aquila, a native of Pontus, 
recently come from Italy with his wife Priscilla because Claudius had commanded all the Jews to leave Rome and he went to see them. And because he was of the same trade, he stayed with them and worked, for they were tent makers by trade. Cool. So here you've got um, Paul, his first engagement with them, in that he's in, where is he? He's Corinth. in Corinth. And he's, he finds them because they were in the same trade, basically a tent maker. But this is where Paul basically wants to um, not be a burden to others, which is why he was tent making at that time. And he, he's working with them. That's when he first engages them. So can I get you to read um, verse 18 to 19? After this, Paul stayed many days longer and then took leave of the brothers and set sail for Syria and with him Priscilla and Aquila. At Centurae, he had cut his hair, but he was under a vow. And they came to Ephesus and he left them there. But he, he himself went into the synagogue and reasoned with the Jews. Cool. So now we can see um, through his time now that they've bonded for a reason. And now he's going out doing his missionary work. And he's gone to Ephesus. And Priscilla and Aquila are with him. And it's quite important as well that Priscilla's, Priscilla's name comes first a lot of the time whenever she's mentioned, whenever they're mentioned as a, as a unit. Mm -hmm. So Priscilla and Aquila... <clears throat> And I meant they're now in Ephesus um, with, um, with Paul. Can I get you to read Acts 18, verse 24 to 28? Now, a Jew named Apollos, a native of Alexandria, came to Ephesus. He was an eloquent man, competent in the scriptures. He had been instructed in the way of the Lord. And being fervent in spirit, he spoke and taught accurately the things concerning Jesus though he only knew the baptism of John. He began to speak boldly in the synagogue, but when Priscilla and Aquila heard him, they took him aside and explained to him the way of God. We'll see my face again. Wait, this way. More accurately. Then he wished across to Achia. The brothers encouraged him and wrote to the disciples to welcome him. And he arrives. He greatly helped those who through grace had believed. For he powerfully refuted the Jews in public, shown by the scriptures that the Christ was Jesus. Cool, thank you. So here you got um, someone who's a um, eloquent, powerful orator, um, who is basically taught by Aquila and Priscilla um, during that time. And so you can see that these guys have had a huge um impact in terms of the church in those er in in those early days and you know it, like it's which why you can see why paul is calling them out in terms of that they've been of great help and he calls them fellow workers um and i think once again just to um, call out the point it's you see it's a couple working together but it's not as if the female member of that relationship is staying quiet, being kept in the corner. I think the fact that her name is mentioned first calls out something as well, because you would most likely call out the one that you're most fond of, you've got a relationship with as well. So that Priscilla, Priscilla and Aquila um, move the church in a big way and they risk their lives for Paul. Cool. And so in verse five, it says, greet also the churches in their house. So they have a church in their house and greet my beloved Apennis, 
Apanitas, who was the first convert to Christ in Asia. So one thing I want to call out here in that the church in the early days, after the Lord, they had church in houses. That the whole concept of like having a church building was came like a good couple of hundred years after Jesus. Like it was predominantly in houses. Yeah, it's only when I think what, 300, 300 or so AD when um, Emperor Constantine, Constantine that made Christianity a religion. That's when you start getting into like the church building stuff. So when you see it from its grassroots, from when the church was growing, it was in houses. Mm-hmm. In terms of, um, and that's one of the key reasons why we do house churches because, like, you don't you don't need to worry about a building, paying rent, being like you don't see me just talking about a building fund that type of stuff. Maybe may do like a biscuit fund potentially, mm-hmm. but there is no like building fund. It's like it was just the church started in houses, and even the church. When you say the church, it's not a building. The church is people. So when you're saying the church here, the church in their house, I mean, so the ecclesia, the called out ones, the gatherings who are in their house. So the church is not a building. I mean, so if buildings fall down. Like if, they, if, they, if for a reason um, we couldn't get into this house, it would still be a church. Yeah. yeah? Do you know what I mean? So I think, I, think we all, I think we all get that, but the church is not a building. It's... And so, yeah, that's that's why we're big on the model of house churches within this group. All right, so let me read through. There's quite a few names here. And verse um, 6, greet Mary, who has worked hard for you. Verse 7, greet Adronicus and Junia. So here, my kinsmen and my fellow prisoners, they were known They were known to the apostles. So a lot of people will use verse 7 to actually say that um, Junia is, is most likely a female. So Adronicus and Junia are probably another couple and their kingsmen so they were Jews and here you see they were well known to the apostles some people translate that to say that they were known amongst the apostles and they will say that Janine was an apostle and they use that as an argument to say that you can have um female apostles I think I think it's <laughs> I think that's quite a tight argument really but I think the point here that Paul is literally trying to say, greet them, full stop. Do you know what I mean? He's not, he's not trying to create any doctrine out of this. He's saying, just greet them. Um, but I thought I'd just share that with you. That's what some people um, do with that verse. Um, in verse 8, greet Ampliatus, my beloved in the Lord. Greet Urbanus, a, our fellow worker in Christ, and my beloved statues. Then greet Apelles, who is approved in Christ, and greet those who belong to the family of Avastabulus. And greet my kinsman, Herodian, and greet those in the Lord who belong to the family of Narcissus. Greet those workers in the Lord. There's a lot of names, boy. I think it's like 20, I think it's 29 names, but I thought, you know what? I weren't going to read. I was like, let me just try and not read it, but you know what? Yeah, you would have, but it's there's a purpose, and I and we'll and we'll land there. And Japhina, Jafaza, and greet the beloved Persis who has worked hard in the Lord. In verse 12, what I'm going to focus on quickly. So greet those workers in the Lord. Yeah, so you see that in verse 12. Trafina, Trafosa, and greet the beloved who has worked hard in the Lord. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so there's there's some who are working, there's some who are working hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there's some, I think in some translations, say, those who have labored in the Lord, those who have labored much in the Lord. And I guess as long as you labor in it, 
But I think in the reality, we all know there's some people who are working, there's some people who are working hard in the Lord. And even Paul is not, Paul doesn't feel no way to say that, yeah, you're working, but he's working hard. Yeah? And uh, and I don't think we should, um, yeah, we don't need to try and be like kind of equal opportunities type, like, type stuff to be like, oh, you know, you're... Everyone, everyone's working, you know, everyone's doing their best. Paul felt a way to be like, yeah, you're working hard, which is good, which is worthy to be, you know, I, I'm mentioning your name, but I'm, I'm calling these guys for, they are laboring much in the Lord. They are working hard in the Lord. Yeah? Is it? It's a question, like, on Go on, go on. You see, you see where it's like with that. Is that why, like, some people, like, you see some people are, I don't want to use the word worthy enough to be financially supported, but you see some people who go like abroad and like they may need like financial support versus someone who may say, I'm working for the Lord at my job in Tesco's right now and I'm serving here. Do you know what I mean? Like the difference. Yeah, I I, I, I see. I don't think Paul is talking about those who are working in Tesco's and just doing their, their, like, their typical nine to five job. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's talking about those who are... Um, like he was saying, these guys are actively in wherever they're doing, helping the church. So that could be, so the person who's working in Tesco's, if they're going into their pocket and putting money, you can say they're working hard. If that person's going to Tesco's and they're also buying food with their discount to serve those who are hungry, that could potentially be translated into, you know, that person's working hard. But I don't think it's more than, it's a bit more than just, you know, as we mentioned in the worship series and the work work series, doing your job is... Uh, that's that's standard. I mean, my, my, expect, my expectation is that everyone here that is, if you're not in education, you should be working. Right. And I mean, and I wouldn't start saying, oh, you know what, you're working like, really hard in the Lord for doing your nine to five job. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> cool, cool, cool. Um, <clears throat> in verse 13, we have um, Greek Rufus, chosen in the Lord, also his mother, who has been a mother to me as well. Minor, but Paul saw it as important to call out someone who wasn't his mother, who treated him as his mother. And, and I think sometimes the calling for some of us who are um, fathers, mothers, that there's people who are who want to be mothered, who need to be mothered, who need to be fathered, who just want someone just to father them and mother them. And 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 Rufus's mum must have done in such a way that Paul mentioned her. Yeah. And so and, and I guess it's like don't see your mothering or fathering or caring for um people as minor. Because for Paul it wasn't minor. It it done something to him that he thought it would be noteworthy. Yeah. Um where am I? Greet. So verse there's a couple of names of verse 14, verse 15. Some more names. Let me get to verse 16. Greet one another with a holy kiss. All the churches of Christ greet you. And I know a lot of people like that because that's their green light to be lip singing, kissing, etc. But with a <laughs> with a no, I mean we can kiss each other, man. We can do a holy kiss. No, I mean, we can kiss. That's my scripture, man. No, I mean, that's <laughs> that's my scripture. That's my that's my anchor scripture. And 
And and so just so you know that the holy kiss is this is a lot of time is where where you see people that in um like men would kiss men, etc. Do you know what I mean? But it'd be a holy kiss. And I always say, you know it's a holy kiss in terms of basically, could you kiss me the way you want it? <laughs> That's how you know. <laughs> That's how you know, do you know what I mean? So I um, mean, other than Debs, of course, but I mean, but it's like, that's how you would know. <laughs> you know what I mean? So next time, <laughs> so next time you're there, n- next time you're there with your partner, you're thinking, <laughs> was that holy? <laughs> was that holy? <laughs> you know what I mean? No, would I do that to Daniel? That's how you would know, isn't it? <laughs> All right, can someone read um, Romans 16, <laughs> verse 70 to 20, please? I appeal to you, brothers, to watch out for those who cause divisions and create obstacles contrary to the doctrine that you have been taught. Avoid them, for such persons do not serve our Lord Christ, but their own appetites. And by smooth talk and flattery, they deceive the hearts of the naive. For your obedience is known to all, so that I rejoice over you. But I want you to be wise as to what is good and innocent, as to what is evil. The Lord of, of peace will, will soon crush Satan under your feet. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ will be with you. Praise and praise and praise him. Yeah, that's a big boy. I've been looking forward to speak about this one quickly since I spoke about the non-essentials. <clears throat> I know that sometimes we can get things twisted and so I was very clear last I think two three weeks ago and I said yeah we should not be divided mm-hmm. on the non-essentials on what you eat and what you drink and what day you want to worship yeah but Paul is not he's not messing about in um Romans 16 verse 17 he says I appeal to you another scripture says I urge you so therefore it is important watch out for those who cause divisions and those who create obstacles, two things, yeah? Divisions, who are trying to divide the church, obstacles, a lot of times people who are trying to almost create new rules. Like, oh, so you want to become a Christian? Oh, you need to wear this red jacket, you know? Oh, you want to become a Christian? You need to go and get circumcised. Oh, you want to become a Christian? You've got to drink this special juice that we have. Oh, you want to, you want to, you want to um, become a Christian? You've got to wear this special hat. We put obstacles into what is free. And... Paul's very clear, like, <clears throat> it's based on doctrine, yeah? Like, if their doctrine is contrary to what he's taught, avoid them. So, we can be divided on certain things, yeah? Not on the non-essentials, but on the essentials doctrine. So someone's coming with something that's contrary to what Paul has been teaching in his instructions, we're told to shun them. That's what avoid means, to turn away from them. So if someone here comes with another gospel in terms of, uh, you know what, you don't need to believe in Jesus, you know, you can, that there's, there's, there's another way. It's not Jesus, Jesus is not the only way, there's another way, there's a shortcut, there's a hack. Shun them, turn away from them. Verse 18 is very clear, these people come with what? Smooth talking and flattery. In terms of they will puff you up, make you feel good, feel confident, all the whole kind of itchy ears, and it will feel good and feel nice. And it's, the target is, it's very simple. It says, it says it clearly in verse 18. It's for the naive. The targeted people are the naive. 
the simple. Mm. Yeah, and by smooth talks and flattery, they deceive the hearts of the naive, those who are simple. So those who are like, <clears throat> either new to the faith or those who have not built root into the faith. Yeah, and so, but somebody will come. It's almost like a baby would, wouldn't be able to distinguish between a cat and a tiger. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like the real, like playing with the tiger and the tiger that like, just yams it and just eats it, like, like nothing. But, be, but me, if me and you saw a tiger, we would be like, calm, calm, calm. But someone who's naive and simple cannot see danger. They don't, they like, they, they can't tell the difference between a cat and a lion. You know what I mean? Or a bear. They just like, oh, that's that, that, that's nice and cute. And the bear just eats it and yams it. You know what I mean? Like, like, and, and it's about because it's the, and, and it's simple. You know what I mean? It's like it's, and this is why, you know I mean, for those who are new to the faith, you know what I mean, or those who are not got deep roots in the faith, which is why we have to surround them and and help and help them to quickly understand what is true. Even because the strategy is verse 19, yeah? How do you get over deception? It says, um, be wise in what is good. So become skilled and become an expert in what is good. Spend time in what is good. Um, Hannah talks about this, about currency, in that to those who work in banks with notes, because they spend so much time with money, when they see something fake, they know instantly it's fake because they spend so much time with what is real and authentic. Yeah, so when, so when you spend more time with what is good, like it says, be wise, be an expert in what is good. So when you spend time in that, you will know what is false. You will know what is, um, that what isn't true. You'll be able to distinguish between a cat and a lion. I mean, between a bear and a, te- and a teddy. Do you know what I mean? You'll be able to distinguish between the two. But then for us, I mean, for those who are young and simple in the faith, let's make sure we're recovering them because... They're the target of the deception. They are the clear target to be deceived. So those who are new in the faith, those who have not got deep roots in the faith, let's make sure that we're covering them and looking out for them. The same way, guys, you guys have seen all the, the animal like the animal shows. We see the lion. It's always one at the back in it that gets, that gets yammed. The one at the back, the, 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 new, the newborn one, the newborn one that like, doesn't know what's going on. They find, they find the weakest one and they get them, which is why sometimes you find like the, the animals will surround the weak ones, the big, strong ones will surround the weak ones, so the lions can't, can't get them. But <clears throat> it's clear in it that we can be divided by doctrine. And some people don't like, I'm a Christian. What do you mean I'm meant to shun them? That's on... That's unbiblically. I'm sure Daniel said that we shouldn't be divided. No, let's be, let me be clear. We shouldn't be divided by non-essentials in terms of what you eat, drink, and things like um, what days you worship. But doctrine, if someone's coming with some foolishness, we shun them. We turn away and we have nothing to do with them. Does that make sense, guys? Okay, um, verse 19, for your obedience is known to all, so that I rejoice over you, but I want you to be wise, as I mentioned, to what is good and innocent towards evil. So it literally, it's like, I think sometimes we spend too much time trying to understand 
what's evil. Like, we should be innocent to it. It's like, why are we spending time to understand about Ouija boards and get into the deep... Like, I want a deep knowledge of, like, of, of, of this or that. Like, be innocent to it. I mean, you don't, you, like, you don't need to know unless you're telling me it's, like, it's part of your degree, but you don't need to know. Do you know what I mean? Like, stay innocent to it. Do you know what I mean? And focus on what is good. And verse 20, the good of the God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. Satan is defeated. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Um, verse, can I get someone to read Romans 16, verse 21 to 24, please? Timothy, my fellow worker, and Lucius, Jason, and Sosipeta, my countrymen. Greet you. I, Tertius, who wrote this epistle, greet you in the Lord. Gaius, my host, and the host of the whole church, greets you, Erastus, the treasurer of the city, greets you and quarters, a brother. The grace of your Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. Cool. Thank you, thank you, thank you. It's our manuscripts, so you don't have verse 24. So for some of you, maybe that, huh? There's a missing verse, just not mentioned some manuscripts. But, <clears throat> yeah, so don't think that it's a, you, your Bible's weird or anything. Some people just don't mention it. Um, But it's interesting. I don't think you lose anything with that verse not being there, just to be clear. So in terms of, you're not like, oh, no, I don't understand the doctrine of justification now that I haven't got that verse. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> so... Well, I want to call that here quickly, verse 22. I, Tertius, who wrote this letter, greet you in the Lord. So I only learned this recently, actually, that Paul didn't write his letters. So he would have someone who would actually, um, he would dictate and somebody would transcribe. And so Tertius greets us. And I think this is something that I think is really important to understand in Romans 16, in that Paul has... A whole heap of stuff happening behind the scenes, a whole ecosystem, a whole system that's functioning behind the scenes in terms of the letter to Rome would not have got to Rome if we believe Phoebe hadn't have taken it to them. To think about it, if Phoebe hadn't have done her bit, we wouldn't be reading Rome right now. Like we wouldn't be like we wouldn't be reading this letter right now. If Phoebe was um if she's one that took the letter, didn't do her piece and wasn't on it properly. We wouldn't be reading this right now. That, like, it, it's, yeah. If Tertius was being slack with his handwriting, we could all be confused, or even more like, like we'd be like, "Where's why is that not here? What is what's going on?" If he didn't do the dictating the dictation correctly. Everyone had their part. There's a whole type of ecosystem that's happening. This is why ministry is more than just one person. It's more than just one person. In terms of if, if, I, if you guys hadn't read the scripture the way you read the scripture, who knows what would have happened with the message today? Now, I don't, it's almost, I want you guys to understand that whenever you come here and you share, you're creating something. Mm. You you are you are you are doing something. Tertius is um even though yeah his name was mentioned in one verse and we may think it's insignificant. Now I mean like who is who is Tertius? Who is he? Who is this guy? Well, without him, you're not reading this. 
Who's Phoebe? What does she do? Who cares about Phoebe, man? Let's get back to Romans 8. Mm-hmm. Know what I mean? But without Phoebe, you ain't reading this. Priscilla, Aquila, who are they, man? Well, if they didn't help help out, help out Paul, who knows what Paul had the chance to write the other letters to the other churches. It's ministry is an ecosystem. It's, a, it's an organism. We all have our part to play. Um, I find it beautiful that Paul found a time to remember those who had had an effect on him, that had been a blessing unto him. So I would even say unto, unto, um, unto us, like, don't wait until it's like it gets to your deathbed to be like, oh, you know what? Let me just um, thank um, Joe Bloggs for what he did over there kind of stuff. Like, if you've got time, thank those who are being mothers onto you. Thank those who are helping to, you know, do like help, help to um, enlarge the ministry. That's why we thank Josiah for helping us with the podcast stuff in terms of for, you know, doing the editing, making it available so we can have it available so that people can listen to it any at any time. You know what I mean? Who knows, guys, when, you know, when we're all done, like, dead... And some random person in 2050, wait, like, wait, 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 and they find the podcast, they're like, oh, what is this? Who knows what blessing will be unto those people? Who knows, guys? Who knows? Don't worry, guys. We're going we're gonna to live for a long time. Uh, we're giving praise. Um, everyone has a part to play, big or small. I mean, there's some who are helping financially. Do you know what I mean? There's some who are just like... You know I mean? like, like there's, there's people, actually, who've, um, like, who've visited our church, our ministry... And I said, oh, bang, here's some money. Like, use it for whatever you guys need. Do you know what I mean? So it's, everyone's being a blessing in a way, but it's important to say that ministry is not just about one person. Mm-hmm. You can, like, like, a lot of times people think, I can do it on my ones. I'm anointed enough. Nah, fam. You, like, you, you on your ones, I don't care how slick you are. I don't care how anointed you are. You need to be with a body of people. Cool. And let's just um, end with Romans 16, verse 25 to 27. Can someone just read that, please? Now, to him who is able to strengthen you according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ, according to the revelation of the mystery that was kept secret for long ages, but has now been disclosed and through the prophetic writings has been made known to all nations according to the command of the eternal God to bring about the obedience of faith to the only wise God be glory forevermore through Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Yeah, guys. And I think that's how it's on the end, you know? I think I'll end it there. I think I'll end it on verse 27. To the only wise God, be glory forevermore through 
Jesus Christ. Amen. Jesus Christ is the way. He is the truth. He is the conjurer. He is the everything. As we've gone through Romans, it's all about Jesus. Yeah, guys, I was going to say, um, give God praise. He's taught us a lot in Romans 16. That's the end of Romans 16 series. <laughs>